Welcome to Heart Church. We believe that the gospel has the power to change your whole life or your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. We're going to be reading um, a few different bits of the Bible from uh, a, a section in the Gospel of John, from John chapter 13 through to John chapter 17. So if you've got your Bible, then uh, you can get that ready. Um, but church, you, uh, this morning, I'm, I'm, I'm a happy man this morning. You've got a happy man preaching today. I'm going to give you three reasons why I'm a happy man. Number one is I've had my hair cut. Oh, I cannot begin to tell you how happy I am that I've had my hair cut. Some of you are people who your hair can be short or long and it still looks good. This is, this is the only way that I think my hair looks good. If my hair starts to grow, it looks terrible. So I am, oh, honestly, I feel so good having my hair cut. Second one reason is that I'm here in the room at church and I can see human beings here, which I can't wait for that not to be a big deal, but that's still a big deal. Although, um... It's, a, it's also a bit of a nightmare. Like, I've just seen Millie Thompson, who is a baby in our church for the very, very first time. But I can't hug her. I can't hold her. I'm like, this is almost harder than if I was, just couldn't see you, then I wouldn't want to hug you guys. But, and the third one, possibly the most important one is, which I'm sure you're, you all are aware of already, that Norwich City are back in the Premier League. And so the best football team in the world is back where they belong, playing with the big boys, ready to get absolutely battered next season and probably head straight back down again. But I'm a happy man this morning. So what we're going to look at today is, uh, I've been really struck recently when I've been reading my Bible about how the, the early disciples, those, those first disciples of Jesus and the early church, I've been just really struck by it, just how central Jesus Christ is to their lives, how much Jesus seems to be at the forefront and the center of every single thing that they do, whether it is the way they live in their lives, every single thing of their lives is dominated around the person of Jesus Christ. And I'm really struck by that. And in this passage that we're going to look at today, Jesus takes time just before he dies He takes his friends aside, he takes his disciples aside, and sort of from John 13 to John 17, he serves them, he comforts them, he prays for them, he helps them, he explains what's going to happen. He sets them up to be able to live the life of a disciple of Jesus Christ. And I was also really impacted by Pastor Lawrence's message last week. Um, which I'm going to come to in, in like my first point. I'm going to, I'm going to draw on some of what he said. Um, he's here. I haven't even told him. I was really impacted by a message, Mr. Lawrence. Thank you for it. Um, so I want to ask us the question and help us to say, how much is Jesus at the center of our lives? How much is Jesus at the very, very, very core of our thought life, of our decision making, of our plans, of our dreams, of our friendships, of our marriages, of our home lives, of our studies, of our work? How much is Jesus actually forming and shaping the people that we are? So what I want to do is we're going to look at three different things from this past, from this section in the Gospel of John. There's so many things we could talk about, but I just want to draw out three that I think Jesus wants to help us to have him at the centre of our lives. You know, Jesus being at the centre of our lives is sort of the point of being a Christian. So if if we're Christians, then sort of the point of being a Christian is that Jesus is at the very centre of our lives. So there's sort of not much point being a Christian if Jesus is not at the centre of my life. Like, yeah, there's not really much purpose to it. Um, 
but that we need help in order for Jesus to be at the centre of our lives. So I simply want to draw out three things from this kind of section of the Bible that maybe help us to draw on some of what Lawrence said last week. And next week we're heading into a a series on worship. We're going to spend four weeks doing a a series on worship, which is going to be amazing. And um, hopefully this can set us up a little bit for that. But I also feel like Jesus just wants to meet us today and help us to recenter our lives upon him. So let's pray, church. Father, we thank you that you are here. Holy Spirit, we pray you'd come and you'd guide us and you'd show us what you want to do today. Help me, Lord, to speak your words to your church and help us to receive them. And Jesus, come and be the center here this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so the first thing that I think Jesus shows us from this passage, from this section of how to have him at the centre of our lives, is simply that we have to allow Jesus to put himself at the centre of our lives. See, Christianity, if you're a Christian here, your whole life, our whole faith, is built not on us working our way to Jesus, but on Jesus working his way to us. The whole message of Christianity is every single thing that you needed God to do for you, he came and did for you. And not in some distant way, but personally, he got down to me, he got down to you in order that we could know him. Let me, I'm going to read you a story from John chapter 13 to help illustrate this and then hopefully we'll see what I'm saying. John chapter 13 verses 4 to 12. So this is around Jesus' final Passover meal that he's ever going to share with his disciples. And We're right at the end of his life. In a few chapters' time, he's going to be arrested, he's going to be beaten, he's going to be crucified. This is what it says. It says, so he got up from the meal, that's Jesus, he took off his outer clothing, he wrapped a towel around his waist, and after that he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, oh Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realise now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only wash their feet, their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said that not everyone was clean. When he, had finishing, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you, he asked. So this unbelievable story, which I could tell you, we could go so deep into this about Jesus taking the position of a slave and him serving and him using this to give them an example as to how we were to treat other people. But I want to focus in on this is a picture of what Jesus was about to do for them. You know, the, the, the picture of being washed with water is an image in the Bible of being cleansed of our sin. Jesus washing us clean of our sin. And Jesus in this moment, just before he is about to do the real washing of the disciples' feet, where he would hang on a cross and die for their sins and raise from the dead in order to fully wash them clean, not just outwardly, but inwardly to their core, to their soul, that they would be able to know God, that he, here in this moment, he says, no, no, if you don't let me, (laughs) then you can't have a part of me. He says, unless you let me come and do what I want to do for you, then you can't have a place in me. Later in John chapter 14, the next passage, uh, in the next um, chapter, it says, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
If you really know me, you will know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. See, our whole Christian life, if you're a Christian, is built on us saying, Jesus has done this for me. I don't get to decide how he saves me. I don't get to decide how I get into relationship with God. Jesus has already made the way and he said, this is how we do it. And we, by faith, just receive what he has already done. So if Jesus is going to be at the center of my life in the most fundamental way, all I have to do is receive by faith what he is already doing for me. And so I think if we want Jesus to be the center of my life today as a Christian, if you're a Christian, then I think the starting point is to say, well, Jesus, what are you wanting to do for me today? What are you wanting to do in me? How are you wanting to put yourself in the center of my life? Because that ultimately is what our lives are entirely built around. It's not me trying to get to Jesus but Jesus coming and going, let me wash you clean. The Christian life is a life of receiving that and then with humility and faith, following Jesus' leading. That's the life of a disciple, is to receive that from Jesus and then follow him. But it begs the question, how do we know what Jesus wants to do in our lives? You know, I don't know whether, well, I, I feel like at the moment, and it's probably been true always, but it seems to be so much at the moment of, this is the world that I want or these are the truths that I think and now I'm going to put that onto Jesus and I'm going to make Jesus in the image of the things that I want him to be. And sometimes we're going to get that right because we're going to think of something that actually is in line with Jesus and we're going to get it right and other times we're going to get it wrong but whether we get it right or we get it wrong, Jesus is not really at the centre of my life if that's how I'm trying to live because I am at the centre of my life. My ideas are at the center of my life. My traditions are at the center of my life. My beliefs are at the center of my life. Rather than me going first to what Jesus has said and done and then allowing him to lead me into all truth. This is why I loved what Lawrence did last week because I think some of the ways that we can help to have the real Jesus at the center of our lives is to go to the Bible, go to the stories of Jesus, go to the teaching of the apostles and then allow God to speak to us through that. So if you miss Lawrence's message... Lawrence looked at some stories about the risen Jesus while he was still on the earth before he ascended to heaven and looked at how he had kindness and compassion on his disciples. He walked the wrong way with them. He helped them to process. He helped them to to figure out their pain. He went and he helped Thomas, allowed Thomas, who was doubting, to put his fingers in in the nail holes of his hands. He went to the people because he wanted to help them on the way. And that really impacted me deeply because I... I have been, I'm going to come to this in a minute, but I've been having a few doubts recently about a few different things. And one of the things that what Lawrence's message really did for me was it took me back to the truth of what Jesus did. And Lawrence reminded me from the stories of Jesus, Jesus is the kind of person who wants to come to people who are walking in the wrong direction. And I had this moment where I was like, I've been thinking Jesus doesn't want to come to me because I'm getting a bit annoyed at myself that I'm not managing to break through this thing. But that wasn't true. That wasn't true. Whereas, and then when Lawrence opened the scriptures to us last week, I had an encounter with the real Jesus of the Bible who wanted to walk with people just like me, not because he had to, but because he wanted to. So even, like, you know, I've been a Christian for a while, but I had just slipped into this wrong view of Jesus that was my, I've been beating myself up, so I assume Jesus is beating me up too, and therefore he doesn't really want to come with me because I don't really want to be with me because I'm frustrated that I'm not getting through this. And it's like, no, that's actually not the case. Jesus was not at the center of my life in that moment until someone opened the Bible for me and reminded me who Jesus really was.
So I want to encourage us to be in our Bibles, reading the Gospels, reading the New Testament, to find and remember who the real Jesus is. I, got, I had to turn my Instagram off on Easter Sunday because of the amount of things that were posted on Easter Sunday about what Easter was really about. Not many of them were about the resurrection of Jesus and about his salvation to the world. They're about a lot of other things. And not that those other things aren't true, but they're not what Easter Sunday was about, you know, because we are so just built to just make Jesus in our own image. And I want to encourage us to keep coming back to the truth of what Jesus did. Jesus did wash the disciples' feet. They didn't want him to, but he did wash their feet. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. Only except through me, you cannot get to the Father. Well, if I'm going to believe in Jesus, then I need to believe that's true. And I need to position myself. The only way that I can get to the Father is through Jesus. The second thing, and again, these are not three, these are not the only three things in this bit of the Bible, but the second thing I feel to lead out to us is that if Jesus is going to be the center of my life, then I need Jesus to be the center of our life. And I don't just mean I need you to follow Jesus. <laughs> I mean that we as a body, we as a church, need to be together focusing on Jesus. Let me, let me explain what I mean. Jesus in John chapter 17, so we're towards the end of this section, he prays for us. In John 17 verse 20, it says, my prayer is not for them alone. That's the disciples in front of him. That's his friends, the people who have been with him. It's also for those who believe in me through their message. So right now, if we want to know what Jesus wants to do for us, he literally prays for us. He is praying for you. He is praying for me. He is praying for us. So if we want to know how we're going to follow Jesus, this is not a bad bit of the Bible to be in. He says, he prays in verse 21, that all of them, all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Now, again, this bit of the Bible, there's so many things we could talk about. Jesus prays that we'd be one in him as he is one in the Father. Try and get your head around that. I'm not going to try this morning. But the church, he's, Jesus is praying for them, right? He's praying for them. He doesn't pray for him or her, he prays for them. He is praying for us as a body. The church again and again and again throughout the New Testament is called the body of Christ. Other places the Bible is called a building that is joined and held together by God that then he comes and fills and we become his household together. See, and Jesus prays that we would be one. Now, if you've been in heart church for any amount of time, you will know that in so many ways, all of us sat here, even in this room, the few of us here, those of us around the world, we are not one person. We are all different, right? Some of you could sit down with me for an hour and walk away and go, I have nothing in common with that guy, <laughs> right? Like, and you might go, I'm going to be honest, I do not want to go back around his house. Some of you might meet me and we might have a lot of things in common. Um, that might be the shorter list. Um, but we are constantly referred to as a body. And, you know, it doesn't take much thought to think through that a body is made up of things that are one, but are very, 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 very different. <laughs> right? Let's think about our worship team uh, this morning. They are our worship team. 
right? But the keyboard player is very, very different to the drummer. Their role is very different. Their giftings are very different. And the drummer is very different to the worship leader. Very, very different, and yet they are one body. And this is why I love the church. And I know, I'm going to say some things now that it feels like a weird time to say it because we can't all come to church. And next week, I will not be in this room. Like, I will be on my own in my house. Well, not on my own. I'll have my little two-year-old boy with me who, you know, will maybe be quiet enough for me to listen (laughs) to what's going on. He won't be. He won't be. Um, So... Jesus prayed that we would be one. So for us to be one is so fundamentally important to who we are. But we are supposed to be a diverse, different group of people who when we're thrown together, some of our differences are seen more visibly because we are together. The hand looks most different to the foot when someone's playing the keyboard. Do you know what I mean? When someone's playing the keyboard, your hands and your feet look very, very, very different, don't they? (laughs) But you need your feet and your hands if you're going to be a human being, you know. So when we come together, our diversity, our difference, I think, is gloriously exposed in a great way. You're supposed to be different to me. Your worship is supposed to look different to mine. And, you know, because A, because we're all unique, but we're all bringing our own experiences to the table. But that is how we're a body. A body is not made up of 55 hands. It's not. Like, a worship team is not made up of seven drummers, you know? There's not enough perspex in the world to shield that many drums from our ears, you know? There is, we are supposed to be a body, you know? One of the things that, if Jesus is going to be at the centre of my life, then I need to listen to this prayer and go, that means I need to be part of the body, I need to be connected to a church and I need to be coming into the life of that church. Obviously, we're going to have to be patient for a bit because our lives don't work properly on my own. I'm not the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. I need to worship alongside older people who have done this for longer than me. I need to worship alongside people who are more full of faith than me. You know, There's this amazing story which I want to just, it's not going to come up on the screen, I just want to share it with you from the Bible and I want to use it as a picture of what I'm saying but also literally to apply it, what it's saying. At the end of Jesus' life, when he is raised from the dead, he is about to ascend to heaven. This is in Matthew 28 and he takes the the remaining disciples up to his hill, um, up to a hill. Judas has gone by now, he has killed himself by this point. Judas, who Jesus washed Judas' feet in that story, by the way, just as a quick reminder, Judas was right there. Jesus was washing the man's feet who, he would, who would betray him. Um, and he's about to give them what we call the Great Commission. Go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And he gives them this great promise that surely I'm with you to the very end of the age. Just before he does that, Matthew 28, at the end of the, the gospel, it says, and they worshipped him and some doubted. Other translations say some hesitated. Now, we don't know what they were doubting or what they were hesitating, but it seems clear that in this moment, the, like the last moment that Jesus Christ would walk on the earth until he comes again in glory, in that moment with the people who have walked with him for three years, who have seen everything he's done, been a part of everything he's done, you know, abandoned him at the resurrection, but he's, been, he's restored them to being his people. At this moment, some of them are still doubting something. Are they doubting he's still God? Are they, we don't know what they're doubting, but there is doubt in that moment of worship. 
They, at that point, are the, the epicenter of what the body of Christ is about to be on the earth. They're the people that Jesus has been praying for, who he's been comforting, who he's been sharing his life with in this John 14. They're the people that he washed his, the, the feet of. These are the same people, but some of them are doubting him in this moment. And there's a lot of different applications we can make, but what I want to say is I believe that the worshippers and the doubters are supposed to stand next to each other looking at Jesus. I think that's church. You know, I, um, I've, uh, not, even, not even pandemic related, although I'm sure that doesn't help. Like, I'm going to be honest, I've had some of the biggest doubts of my life in the last year. Doubts about who God is, who I think God is. Sometimes even doubts like, is God real? Am I stupid to be believing this Christianity thing? I've had those doubts this year. And I think it's been harder for me to have those doubts because I've not sat in a room and watched people worship with me. And I think there is something where the doubters and those who are full of faith, the, the sick and the rejoicing in their healing, the, the people serving God through singleness and the people serving God through marriage, those who are just about to retire and those who are just starting their careers, those who are out of work and those who have just had a promotion, the, the sick, the late. I think there is something about the body of Christ when we all come together and all of us are looking at one person, Jesus Christ, even though some of us don't even know if we think he's real right now, That is the body of Christ. That is a part of how my life is centered around Jesus because our life is centered around Jesus. And so I think I want to say that that is a picture, not just of, I think it is a picture of that there is room in in the kingdom of God and in the worship of Jesus for everybody, no matter where you are, no matter where your head's at, no matter where your life is at. I think it's an encouragement that you will be blessed when you come because there are different people here in this church through different ethnicities, through different ages, through different cultures, through different life stages, through different, um, you know, people who are rejoicing, people who are full of hope, people who are full of depression and despair, people who are rejoicing because of what God's, people who are despairing because of what God is doing, and all of us going, do you know what, everything in our lives, there is something more important than all of this, and we all agree, it's Jesus. Some of us with faith that is just like, I'm just going to cling on to this because I think I knew it was true once. (laughs) And I think I'm going to know it's true again, but I don't want to let go. Some of us go, no, Jesus just healed me this morning, and so I'm coming full of faith. We are the body of Christ. If Jesus is going to be the center of my life, then we need to be around people who are different than me, also experiencing Jesus at the center of their lives. And then my literal interpretation of this I want to give to us is also, if you are full of doubt, 9 a.m. tomorrow morning, get a ticket to come here. (laughs) I was going to say then there'll be people with faith and people with doubt. If everyone who signs up with doubt, they'll just have loads of doubters in the room, but that's fine. <laughs> the wor- Gideon will have some faith, the worship leader. Um, so come and worship with people. Come, and I know we can't all come, and as a church, we're going to be on a bit of a patient road because our venue is a vaccine centre right now, and so we're going to be a bit nomadic as, as restrictions start to ease. But I just want to say, I don't know, I think if you want Jesus at the centre of your life, don't don't get sucked into the idea that, you're, that you can do this alone or that you're supposed to do this alone because you're not. And I think there's been a grace on us for the last year. I think there has been to be able to do it some, somehow kind of alone because you're not alone if you're in your house alone right now. You're not. Because this, this part of the body, I am connected to 
someone in Germany right now worshipping Jesus. So we're never alone, but equally when we are part of a church, a local church, then we are seriously not alone. Something is forged in me when I see a father and son sat here on the front row both worshipping together. Something's forged in me. My son is younger than Zach sat here in the front row. That gives me faith that when my son is his age, me and him will still be worshipping together on the front row. When I see the elderly person worshipping in church, and we can't wait to welcome some of our elderly and vulnerable back into church, I'm remembered that, no, 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 you can go through life, through the ups and downs, and still love Jesus and serve Jesus, because you can do that. When I'm around people that I know are very bright and intelligent, it reminds me that, okay, I'm not an idiot for believing this. (laughs) You know, some very well 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 thought through people think this is the truth you know when I'm when I'm watching a baptism service and you've got all these random stories of different upbringings and backgrounds and circumstances and they're all weaving emerging into one moment where they meet Jesus I'm reminded again that Jesus is the center of our life in that and that is part of making him the center of my life come and be part of the body when we can (laughs) and if you're doubting whether you even believe Jesus is real come and worship Come and stand next to people who believe and we can all look at Jesus together because the very people that shaped and changed the entire world had doubters in who doubted something, were hesitant about something about what was going on. And then finally, for Jesus to be at the centre of our lives, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us. (laughs) We can't do this without the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit. Jesus in John chapter 14 He said this to them, in that same part of the Bible, all this I have spoken while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Holy Spirit, he said, he would teach us all things and remind us of everything that I have said to you. If we want Jesus to be the centre of our lives, we've got to invite the Holy Spirit to teach us and remind us of what Jesus has already said. And this is where I just want to give us a brief kind of something you could do out of this message if you feel stirred by any of the things. What you could do is, is the Holy Spirit says he will remind us of everything Jesus has said. This is where I came to Lawrence's message. We could start with what has Jesus already said. So I think two things that you could do is one, you could do what Lawrence did. I'm going to go with what God has been saying to our church for the last two weeks. One, you could go with what Lawrence did and you could look at the stories of Jesus's, the resurrected Jesus, the king of the universe, who could do anything he wanted to do, go and look at what he did and ask the Holy Spirit to remind you of how he wants to do that for you as well. That's one thing you could do. You could, that could be your Bible reading for this week. Take one story and then ask the Holy Spirit, go, how can I allow Jesus to come into my life in the way that he is here? And do you know what? As well, because that's something that we've done in church, you're also connecting in with the life of what God is doing in other people in our church. And the other thing you could do is to go with what I've done. You could read John 13 to John 17. One of the most important bits of the whole Bible. I think we should all know John 13 to 17 well. And you could just pray the same prayer. Jesus, you did things to the disciples here in order to set them up to live as Christians with the Holy Spirit, with you in heaven. That's exactly the situation that we find ourselves with, with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus ascended into heaven. So therefore, Holy Spirit, show me how 
Jesus, how I can get what Jesus said into my life, into the life of us as a body. And you will find that you will, if you do that, and you, you could take three weeks over that. You could do that, every, well, you could do it however you want. You will find that in these three things that I've said, I've just scratched the surface of the things that Jesus is trying to do for us in those passages in the Bible. So if you're looking for something simple to do, you could do one of those two things. You could go with what God was speaking through Lawrence last week and look at those stories of the risen Jesus and how does he want to come into your life. I mean, if you want to start really simple, just go and listen to Lawrence's message again. I listened to it on Sunday and I was impacted by it and then I listened to it again on Tuesday morning and it really got into my heart. It might be one just to go listen to in the morning, do you know what I mean, for half an hour. Um, Or you could start in this passage of the Bible. But do you know what? And if none of those things are what you want to do, the simple, like number three is ask the Holy Spirit to help you. <laughs> if you want to be, if you want to have Jesus at the center of your life, I want to say ultimately, we've got to ask the Holy Spirit to help us. And do you know what? He's desperate to help you. One of the names that God gives the Holy Spirit is the helper. <laughs> if you're not receiving help from the Holy Spirit, we're missing out of something that God wants to do in our lives. But let me pray because Lawrence reminded us last week, which really helped me, that God wants to do this. He actually wants to do this. He prayed for you, so therefore he wants to help you. And living life with Jesus at the center of our lives is the best way to live our lives. (laughs) Now, sometimes that's hard if the Holy Spirit starts to remind you about Jesus saying, turn the other cheek, or if the Holy Spirit starts to remind you about Jesus saying, take the lowest seat. Some of those things are going to (laughs) be... hard to do some of those things are going to be really great to do if Jesus starts to remind you that actually he really loves you and he cares enough to pray for you well that that's going to be a great thing in your life so you're going to have to take both but let me pray for us Lord we want you to be at the center of our lives you're the center of the universe you're the center of creation of salvation so when my life is centered on you it is perfectly where exactly where it should be so God I pray that you would help us to to hear from you through your word. I pray that you would help us as we navigate the next few months of coming back together as a body, that you would unite us, that we would be centered around the one thing that makes us one above anything else that makes us different, which is you, Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that Holy Spirit, come and help us. We need your help. I need your help, Lord. I can't do this on my own. I need your body around me and I need your Holy Spirit within me. So come, Lord, I pray now, come and put yourself at the center of our lives. We want you to do what you want to do. We thank you that you have given us grace and we just receive you now. In Jesus' name, amen. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.